Welcome to the Colby Cast, episode 196. Thank you for joining us. Today, Bonnie and I are joined by Colby's own Chrissy Almanzar to discuss Colby Academy's new asynchronous courses. For families that are looking for a teacher-led course but want flexibility with scheduling and the ability to adapt the course for their student, we're introducing these asynchronous courses beginning in August of 2024. Listen in for more details of how these courses will work. We hope that you'll enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Bonnie, Colby homeschooling mom of four lads and lasses, liturgical musician, popcorn, and podcast fanatic. And this is Stephen, homeschooling father of five and chief homeschooling officer for Colby Academy. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? Going very well. With the everything's moving quickly, and uh, just spent the week traveling from traveling back from visiting family. So, yeah, it's exciting. Nice. We're recording this in February, which we've talked about February a few times. Uh, the challenges of it, but it's also when things start to happen really quickly and time speeds up even more quickly. If, however, how if that's possible, I'm not really sure because it felt like I was going very quickly already, but yes. here we are. Yes. So true. Yep. We just finished up a, a run of performances of a, a play that one of my daughters was in and it's a, neat to add to the family lore. And so kind of a getting re- a bit of a re-entry for us here today. So yeah. Uh, happily, we get to spend it with with Chrissy Almanzar. Hi, Chrissy. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. I'm delighted to see you. It has been a good long while since you've been here with us on the Colby cast all the way back to episode 118. Uh, how have you been and what's been going on? Well, we've been working hard on these new uh, asynchronous offerings. So that's pretty much how I've been spending all my time. Okay. And homeschooling. I homeschool as well. So there's yep. that. And what's the age range of your kiddos now? Um, my oldest is 14 and my youngest is four. So we've got five total and we've got, uh, so we've got a preschooler, we've got a second and a third grader and then a sixth and an eighth grader. Okay. Okay. Wow. Everybody's going, see the time is going faster and faster. Okay. So yes, our, our topic today, uh, we're shining a spotlight on one of Colby's three ways to educate, as we like to say, and that would be our asynchronous option. What, first of all, let's start with a definition. What, tell us, what does asynchronous mean? Uh, well, asynchronous means um, basically no, not occurring at the same time. So that refers to uh, the self-paced element of the asynchronous courses meaning that students can um, enroll in the courses at any time. Um, they can work through the content at their own pace. They can, you know, take extra time with it or they can work ahead with it. Um, so it basically refers to the fact that there's no required live class meeting each week. Okay, so we're going to get into some of the many benefits of the of this particular type of offering that Colby has for families and why families might choose this option. We're also going to talk about um, the digital homeschool format. So how about we start with with some of those reasons that people choose the option that the asynchronous courses, what what do you find? Is there a common thread there or lots of various, lots of reasons I imagine? Yeah. Um, so the asynchronous courses, they're, um, they're self-paced. So uh, the student is able to kind of determine the pacing that they need. Um, but they're also 
teacher-led in that the coursework is determined, the workload is established, um, the teaching is provided in recorded content, and the grading, all of the grading is provided. And this is one of the differences um, between these new asynchronous courses and our current self-paced formats. Okay. Um, so um, they're they're led by a teacher, um, but you know, there, there's a number of reasons why a family might choose these courses. Um, one might be if you have a student who needs to take some extra time with content. One might be um, a student who really wants to work ahead um, and doesn't want to to work at the pace, maybe a, you know, quote unquote, regular pace is too slow for them. Um, also, it's good for families who don't want to revolve their weekly schedule around live meetings. Maybe you want to watch the recorded content in the evenings. Maybe you want to watch it on the weekends and all of that um, is possible with these courses. So it basically gives the parent uh, a lot of autonomy in how the student completes the course and what works best for that student and their family. Okay. That, that sounds like uh, the word subsidiarity that comes out Every once in a while, we have a whole episode on it. I'll link it in our show notes, but that seems very much um, in keeping with that. Yeah. Yeah. We were careful to maintain that in these courses. We wanted to give, you know, a parent who might say, okay, in this course, I'd really like to outsource all of it. I'd really like to not have to be involved in teaching or grading or assigning for any of this specific course. Um, we wanted to give that parent everything the student needs. Uh, in that case, with but at the same time maintaining that ultimate parental autonomy, which is um, we can take this and use it, you know, in a way that's best for for our students. Okay. So in our family, we've made use of a few self-paced or self-paced plus courses over the years, and so I I have that as my point of reference, and I've been hearing inklings of this all this work that you guys have been putting into on these courses. So tell me, will you share with us a bit of the, the work that has gone into reviewing the courses that you've offered and overhauling them for the future? Sure. I think um, the biggest difference that you will notice when you click into your Schoology course is the way that the content is presented to the student in the weekly folders. Um, we have designed the courses so that they follow our Ignatian uh, methodology. Um, whereas our current self-paced courses kind of give all of the information that's in the homeschool course plan and we put it into weekly folders. In some cases that that workload is manageable, in some cases it's not very reasonable. And so there was um, a great responsibility in some of these courses on the primary educator to determine what the student really should and should be doing and, and what are the things that they could leave undone. Um, in, in our new asynchronous courses, we've had all of that, we've had our teachers kind of develop all of these assignments with that workload in mind, a manageable workload. Um, and so when, when you see the course, you'll see assignments that we've pulled out um, based on our homeschool course plans. Um, and all of them are there because we think they're useful in, in mastering the content. But we've streamlined streamlined it in in a way that it's kind of uh, devoid of of any 
um, extra things that maybe could be left undone. You know, we we have also a regular set of activity each week. So um, the student and the primary educator always know what the next week is going to look like. Um, it's a set of activities that repeat. It repeats itself week after week. And then, of course, we have occasionally major assignments that will pop in that that, um, you know, you're you see them ahead of time, but, you know, that's the chapter test or the essay that's that's assigned or things like that. But for the most part, the regular set of activities is determined and it just repeats. So um, I think that's probably the biggest difference um, in actually taking the course is that it's very streamlined and um, it's set up to give the student as much practice as they might need without requiring them to do um, more than they actually need. Um, so, so that's one of the differences, um, one of the improvements. We've also developed assignments that give the teacher a better idea of the student's growth and knowledge, which um, currently, you know, in, in Self-Paced Plus, um, the teacher does really just a handful of grading. And so it's not very easy for the teacher to guide students through the content because they don't really see how much the student is learning or or where exactly they're they may be struggling. Um, now the courses are designed to take the student from point A to point B. Um, and if the primary educator wants to be really hands off, they can be. It's all provided um, in the courses on Schoology. And that's what we mean by it's full service. It's it's as as the current format stands, it's not really full service. Um, there's a great responsibility on the primary educator for signing work. Um, and then also most of the grading is done by the primary educator, unless you're in self-paced, and then all of it is done um, by the primary educator. So these courses are designed to take the student through the course. The teacher sees a variety of formative and summative work from the student. So then the teacher has a good idea as to how to guide the student if that student needs extra interaction with the teacher. Um, so that's that's one of the other um, things we've been working on. We have we have updated some of our recorded content the, with the goal that eventually we'll we'll get to all of it. Um, but for the most part, our our work this year has been on creating courses that take the student through the mastery of the content so that the primary educator can be very hands-off if they want. That's great. Yeah, it's, for me, it's very exciting because here at Colby, you know, we consider all of our students homeschooling students. And since we're, at least in this room here, we're all homeschoolers. So so it's it's kind of been looking at what what does the parent need to homeschool well, what what level of help do they need? Because, and we have a lot, we have a broad spectrum, but this is filling in some of the gaps, I think that, that at least we were seeing, because short of, we can't take your kids out of your home and make sure they're sitting there doing your school, which they were doing a brick and mortar. You have to send them to a brick and mortar school if you're gonna do that. But short of that, well, now we've got everything from the online program, which is very much, you're gonna turn it in here, you're going to attend class here, you're going to do these assignments. And if you don't, those that'll be a zero. And, you know, I mean, there's still some flexibility to work with that. And then homeschooling, where you've got your lesson plans, you're working the other side of the spectrum here, you're in complete control. You want to switch out assignments. You want to switch out books. You can do all of that and we can accommodate all of that. 
But what do you do? Like Chrissy was saying, when you want somebody to just like, I need to, I can't grade this. This is, you know, I'm not ready for this high school science course. I don't know that I want to tackle the Iliad and the Odyssey. I haven't read those and I don't think I can do that justice. Well, I need somebody to actually look at those. I, I don't, I don't feel like I want to take that on. And, you know, again, I always, I, I, I probably should just have a, a, a recorded thing about my wife talking about the homeschooling parent as the general contractor. But this is, again, just always fits in with me that, that, the parent can decide how much help do I want and asynchronous I think kind of fits in that where you can get some extra content you can get a teacher who's going to be able to answer questions who's going to look at those assignments and Chrissy has arranged everything so now the parent isn't having to go through and sort through and and do those she can she can or he can delegate to the uh to the teacher to do that and um, I like that clear delegation, like you, you mentioned, Bonnie, that subsidiarity, giving that responsibility to somebody else, delegating as the general contractor saying, I, I want you to do this for me. And I think the asynchronous makes that more clear, what responsibility is being delegated. So as a parent, you still have to get your kids to sit down and do the work and make sure they're organized and they're moving along, but the teacher can help with all of that other stuff. And I, Did I get that right, Chrissy? That's yeah. Yeah, um, it, something I, I've heard some questions about already are, will I have as much flexibility as I've had with self-paced or self-paced plus? And the answer is yes. With these new courses, everything that was possible with self-paced or self-paced plus is still possible with asynchronous. So um, we have, we've divided up the coursework into minor coursework and major coursework. And the major coursework is what would need to be submitted in order for the teacher to submit a grade. The minor coursework, we it's there because it's useful, but um, the parent ultimately can say, you know what, I don't usually have my son or daughter do these kinds of assignments and we'd prefer to not do that one. That's that's within their authority to do that. Within, within the asynchronous courses, they have the authority to say, like, we're going to skip out on that one. Or, uh, you know, we really like to do this kind of project in this course. And so we're going to do that at home and skip and skip what's said. That's still possible. Like I said, we try to give what they might need, um, but that doesn't mean they have to do it all. Um, the parent is still very much the primary educator and, and makes decisions based on what the student needs. And that's just built into these courses. So, you know, I have a student who just does everything quickly. She works very quickly she has a hard time in, in like heavy reading based courses because she doesn't want to read as slowly as you know, the, the course may, may be telling her to read. And I remember talking with my husband about this, like, should, should we force her to slow down? And, you know, because maybe it's good for her to, to try something different. And ultimately we talked about it and we were just like, you know what? No, it's reading. Just let her read. Um, this is, this is my creative child who, uh, writes poetry and writes music and you know poetry and music they don't come out in in you know bite-sized pieces over the course of weeks it comes out usually all at once and um you know she's very relieved once it once she gets something out like that so reading is very much a creative process for her so this is how we choose to do it you know in her reading courses we would choose an asynchronous course because telling her to slow down uh, is like a kind of torture for her. 
you know, and then I have another student who just works slowly. She, she just moves slowly. She's just, you know, she takes extra time. And so I, I see her, you know, she takes some self-paced courses and um, it's good for her because she needs to be able to take the extra time. So these are things that really only the, only the parent, you know, the primary educator knows each student and knows really what's good for them and what they need. In some cases we might say, well, this will be good for you. Let's try this different, you know, this different way. And let's have her follow this plan because it will be a challenge or whatever. But in some cases, you know, as the parent, no, this is really, you know, her pace is a good pace. Let's, let's go with it. So you're able to tailor these courses to what each student needs. And, um, and so in designing these courses, that was always in the forefront. Let's give the parent everything they might need for the student to complete the course. Um, but let's also keep that flexibility and, and give them the freedom to decide ultimately how much and how quickly it's done. So when we say full service, also, you know, the, the courses are designed to, to take the student through the content um, and to finishing the, the course without much help from the primary educator, if that's what they choose. Um, you know, a part of that is that they also will not need to to purchase teacher editions of textbooks anymore because we provide all the grading. That's another big difference. Um, you know, all of the assignments either are self-graded or auto-graded or teacher-graded. So um, for the parent who says, I really don't wanna do any of the grading for this course, we can we have that covered in this case. And so that's a, for me that in, in certain subjects, it's it's the way I like to homeschool, honestly. Um, I like to let the kids, you know, each of my students, you know, based on their own strengths and weaknesses, we can determine um, how much help we need and what we need. And then I, as a parent, can say, you know, I love teaching this course. I'm going to take the lead on this one, um, you know, or I would be fine not teaching this at all. I'm going to outsource this to <laughs> to a, a teacher, a teacher led asynchronous course. That has been one of the things I have appreciated about the the self-paced and self-paced plus courses that that we have done here. It's the support that I, as the parent, have been able to get from from the resources that are in the course, knowing that uh, it was the right thing for my student to take the course in this manner, and that I needed to kind of be the main person working with that student on it. But I also needed I needed to be able to reference the the additional. Uh, recordings and and writings and resources to be able to to do it well. So I, I'm glad to hear that that's all still there. And as you were describing the the options that parents have for selecting which which of the assignments and things the students do, that there's no busy work in any of these courses. Like it's not none of it's busy work. It's all very uh, helpful and worthwhile to do. It's it's a tough call. I I find myself having it making a tough decision. Like what which can we lay aside because I know it's all valuable and worth worth doing and none of it none of it is just well here here's something to do just for the sake of doing it so that's a I like the the guidance that that you're giving on on which if you find a need to not do everything that's there that that's okay and some guidance on what how to make that decision I think that's great that's a good point that you know we have we've had families come to us you know with the current self-paced plus format and ask us, you know, and 
they'll say this, everything in this weekly folder, it's impossible to finish it. And not every course was like that. You know, there was not a great continuity across the board and in our self-paced courses, it really kind of depended on the course plan and, and a lot of factors, but we would have parents who would come to us and ask, how do I know what they really should be doing? What can be left out? Because we can't do it all. And then as a teacher, it would be really difficult to answer that because we didn't see a lot of work from the student. We didn't really know how to guide um, each individual student because we were only seeing a handful of really the summative kind of assignments. So with the, with the, the new asynchronous courses, there are certain assignments that are that lend themselves to that. And so we're saying, okay, well, this is your practice work. It's not something you have to turn in. It's something we provide answer keys for and you can self-grade. And we use it as a gauge. Um, how many did you miss? How easily did you complete it? Um, did you need to complete it all? Or was it kind of like, oh, I, I got it, I can move on. Um, you know, all of the students are in a different place with that. So we have practice work where you know, depending on the student, they can complete it all or they can say, I really don't need all of these, uh, these problem sets. I can, I can do the main, you know, the main topics and, and know that I'm good to move on. Also, the fact that we, we will see more from the student will help the teacher be able to better guide them if they have questions like that, like, what could I leave out? Whereas now with self-paced, that's a difficult question to answer. We don't, you know, the teachers don't really know that much about the students' progress. Um, the new, with the new courses, we will see that. Every week we'll see that. So I'm excited about that. I feel like for this for the student who wants to use this course as a really, you know, the 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 parent is really hands-off and the teacher is the teacher has the ability to see all of that work. The teacher is able then to really guide the student in the individual way they need. A big help. Yeah. So how about we discuss some, some practicalities and maybe some success strategies for using these, this option in the, the scope of a whole of an overall curriculum plan for, for a student or a family? How, how do you, where do you like to start with that? One thing that we've added this year in the, with these new courses is due date pacing, which I'm excited about. Um, I think one of the weaknesses of our current format is that it's really difficult to add in any accountability. It, the, the primary educator has to be really involved and, and on top of, of everything weekly. Um, otherwise they would have no way of knowing whether or not their student was in there doing the work. Um, and so with due date pacing, um, for students who are on a school year track, they say, okay, I want to start this in the fall and I want to complete it in, a, in the school year. Um, we can offer them due dates, which will give them a feed, first of all, a, an assignment feed that shows them their upcoming assignments. Um, and this, this helps the student because they see the work coming up in their feed. They don't have to go into a folder to see, okay, what week am I on now and what work do I should I be doing now? It can click right in the feed and it takes them to the next assignments that are coming. It also generates um, a summary, a progress report email to the parent, um, which then gives the primary educator 
a good idea each week. It, I get it every week on a Friday. So, so due date pacing then will notify the primary educator in these emails and they'll see whether or not the student has any overdue work, which overdue work in asynchronous doesn't really mean anything. All it indicates is that the student may not be on track. Um, there, there are no penalties given to students for not submitting things by the due date. It's still, a, if, you know, if you have the due date, which you can opt out of, um, but even with due dates, there, there's no penalty for not submitting by the due date. So the benefits of due date pacing is that one, it creates a feed for the student of upcoming assignments. So it alerts them to things that are coming due. Um, but also it creates, it, it generates a summary email to the parent that has all of the, the information for every course together and shows the, the parent what the student has submitted it shows the parent the grades that they received. It will show if there's comments from the teacher on that assignment. So, the, you know, the parent can say, hey, did you check your, your feedback? Um, the parent can look at it as well. And it also shows when there's work that's overdue that has not been submitted by the due date. So this would indicate just that the student may not be keeping up with the weekly work if that's what the parent intends. So there's no penalty given for assignments that aren't submitted by the due date. But uh, for me, I find the due date option really beneficial because I don't have to click into Schoology to look for what they've done or what they haven't done. It's just sent to me at the end of each week. Okay. So that's that's offered with the asynchronous courses. And if you don't want due date pacing, you can opt out of it. So it's, it's not something you have to, you know, if you're off track and you, let's say you want to work quickly through the material or you want to go extra slow and those, that feed becomes a nuisance or those emails become a nuisance because you see, well, all this work says overdue, um, you know, technically it's not overdue. Um, if you don't want to see that and you don't want those, um, those notifications, you can opt out of the due date pacing. Yeah, really. I really love this. And just for our audience listening out there, we have some tech limitations right now. I mean, what be like, well, why can't you only do this when you start in August or follow the school year? Well, our tech just doesn't allow us to just put in any date and allow you yet, at least. So, you know, we're working kind of with with constraints that we have, but but I mean, we know the at least any of us who have who've kind of participated in some of the or any event that has actual deadlines. And in our online program right now, if you've, if you've got kids in there or thinking about those, you have real concrete anchor points all over the place. And so, of course, those take priority. So part of this is to kind of help a parent say, I, we really want to do this course, but we can't do it. We don't want to do it online for whatever reason, or it doesn't fit our schedule, but we want to do it. So this is a way, too, we could help to say, we can help you try to keep that that point. But, you know, if you get overwhelmed and you've got a huge week, you know, it could be we can take an extra week with that or try to catch up when we've got a little bit of a breathing space here. But yeah, otherwise you just kind of say, well, okay, there's a deadline, but it's it's not really a deadline. So maybe, okay, I'll do that next month or uh, maybe we'll start that in March actually, or, you know, let's just drop that. You know, so so we're trying to kind of help if the if this is important and the parent really wants to make sure this is done, 
we can get a teacher in there helping to say, you really want to do this? You know, we can, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. I, I notice with my daughters who are in live online courses and self-paced courses that the self-paced work gets pushed aside because it's not in their feed. Yeah. Uh, and I, as the parent, I I would like to not have to click into each of their courses to see where they are. Um, so I, the, the convenience of getting one email on Friday that tells me where they are far outweighs, uh, you know, any, any feelings of, oh, but this has to be done by this date or, you know, there are no penalties for not submitting. So I'm okay with that, um, you know, getting those emails. And even though the work says it, you know, if it's if it's past due, it'll tell me it's past due. But I know it's not really. We can still do it. Some some people may not feel that way. Some people may say, "No, I don't want to see the work as past due because it isn't past due." So so we have the opt out option for people who um, don't like to see that. You know the the overdue uh, work, but a lot of those things can be excused in the gradebook as well. So if a student if a student doesn't submit some of the minor coursework and two weeks pass, um, we can excuse it and it leaves it leaves the overdue section. So there are a lot of things we can do um, within the gradebook to 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 excuse those things. But yeah, it, it would be great or it will be great when we have the chance to actually put the students, you know, on a due date pacing that that they choose, uh, which right now we'll just have that one school year due date pacing is is what we're working with now. And, and Chrissy, it seems like the parent, again, has a lot of authority here with the due dates. Like you're saying, they can opt out or they can use them. They can utilize those tools. But I mean, it seems like we can work with the parent if they say, no, I'm telling my child just to put upload whatever you've got on this assignment now, whether it's garbage or not, you're going to get a bad grade or or just give them a zero teacher because we're moving on to the next paper or next assignment, even though, you know, because we have to get this done and I need to have my child see that there are consequences to pushing this off and not doing it. So it seems like we can work with the parent to kind of do that. You know, it's, it's still up to them, but they don't want that pressure. They don't want to stress out their family anymore. Right. We're, we're good with that too. Right. <laughs> right. You know, we have some families who will say, no, I actually want you to take a percentage off if my student doesn't turn this in by the due date. And we can do that if you're one of those parents who says, I need to, I need this student. He needs extra accountability. And, and this is how I want him to see, you know, that his procrastination is affecting his grade. So we can do that too. So um, there's, you know, that's part of what I love about this format is that the parent and teacher can work together for whatever the needs are for that student. We can excuse that minor assignment. Um, or you might say, no, I actually do want him doing it by the due date. And if it's late, I want 10% off. We actually have a family who does that. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we can work together with the parent and, um, and come up with the best plan for each student. Would you say more about how the asynchronous teacher and the parent, how they interact? Um, the teacher and the parent can communicate through email. Um, in the beginning of the course, whenever a student, you know, begins the course, there's the meet the teacher um, video. So they'll get to meet their teacher and see a video of their teacher introducing themselves. 
Um, and then the teacher and the parent can, can be in contact through email. Um, we'll also have some quarterly emails sent out where the teacher, you know, so there's the Friday, there's the Friday messages that go out. And if you're in due date pacing, you'll see these. And this is like a short message from the teacher on the student's progress. This will go out right in the, the Schoology generated email. Um, and they'll see a comment where it'll indicate to the parent, okay, I might, there's a comment I can look at here um, from the teacher. But then also we we are going to implement a at least a quarterly kind of check-in between um, the teacher and the parent where the teacher will send kind of a progress report in an email so that the lines of communication between the parent and the teacher are open from the beginning. And some parents will use that more than others. Um, you know, we, we have, we experience that now with our self-paced courses, you know, some, some parents are very, um, you know, involved and, and, you know, discussing back and forth with the teacher often and others just don't need to. And so they don't. And so it, with these courses, we have that flexibility as well. It's there if it needs to be there. Um, but there's nothing required that, that a parent has to do to check in with a teacher if, if it's not necessary. Okay. And there are other ways that the that the teachers are interacting with the students as they travel through the courses, right? Do we say more about that? Yeah. So the way the weekly work is set up, um, it it starts with always an overview, uh, which which tells the student or or the primary educator what's in store for the week. It gives it it's kind of like what would be in the homeschool course plan. There might be vocabulary in there. There might be um, topics for discussion, key points, things like that. It will also have um, the readings for the week. And it will also have any major assignments that are being assigned or coming due soon. Okay. So they see that. Um, after that would be the recorded content. And if it's a humanities course, there would be some reading that should be done before watching the recorded content. Um, some of the courses, it, that might not be necessary, but that's when the student would watch uh, the recorded content. And then after that is the practice work. So the practice work is um, any book work, problem sets, study guide questions, all of those kinds of uh, homework questions are assigned for the student. And any assignment with practice in the title indicates that it's non-submittable. So um, there's nothing to submit here. All of the practice work is presented with an answer key provided below it. So when the student is done with the practice work, they can self-grade um, the work that they've done. And depending on the student, depending on the age and the maturity of the student, the primary educator might want to be involved in that because this is where um, they would determine, okay, do we need to do all of this? Or is this is this more than you really need? Or how did you do on your last, you know, on your on your grades last week? Maybe you need to be doing all of this practice work, also to check up on how well they're doing, how easily they're able to complete it. Um, because the practice work is not something the teacher sees; it's something that we'll ask ask students to report to us on in the discussion board that comes after it. So every week there's a discussion board, and it's always a place for the student to come and and ask any questions they have about the practice work. Maybe they couldn't figure out, you know, they have the answer key, but they couldn't figure out why that was the correct answer. They need a teacher to clear that up. 
So in the discussion board, that's where they would bring up any questions or any, any issues they had completing the practice work. The discussion board is also in the humanities courses, it's used as a reflection of, of, for discussion. So there's a question, a direct question posed to the students and they can respond, they can discuss with the teacher, they can discuss with their peers. Um, so there's that happening every week. And that's one quick way for the student to get in touch with the teacher, especially um, regarding their, their practice work. And it's, it's designed to give the student a, a place to interact with the teacher before they do anything that's going to be weighted in the grade book. So their practice work is their own individual work. It's not weighted in, in their grade. But after the discussion is when, in a regular week, if there's no major assignment due, like a chapter test over something, um, they would have what, what we're calling homework checks. So the homework check, anything with check in the title indicates that it is teacher reviewed. It does get weighted in the grade book. Um, it's usually a short kind of, you know, I don't, it's not a quiz. It's just homework. It's the homework we see. Um, so their practice work, we don't see. The homework check is a summary of their practice work, and the teacher is able to review it and see how they did. So we want them to come and interact with the teacher if they if they had any issues before they do that homework check. Um, and then after the homework check, in a, uh, let's say, a humanities course or like a language course, um, the student may have a recitation. So this is an assignment where the student is able to record either just with audio or video as well, um, a response to uh, a question. Maybe it's a, you know, a Spanish teacher asking them to respond to this question in Spanish, or um, maybe it's the teacher giving them a paper prompt, an essay prompt, and saying, respond to this prompt with a thesis statement. So these recitations are um, geared towards forming the student in speaking well. And so it's also great for language courses. So, you know, because right now we don't even, we don't get to hear pronunciation. We don't get to hear the, the students speak at all, but now with our new courses, we will. So um, that's sort of the, the template for a week. Um, if there's an essay assigned, then that would be instead of the recitation. So, you know, when there when there's a major assignment assigned, then there's a little bit of a of a change in that in that template. But um, that's that's how the weekly folders are sort of modeled after this template that just repeats. So it's very regular, and the student can um, form academic habits so that each week they're doing the same thing and they know what to expect, but the content changes and. And the hope is that they are able to really focus on content in that kind of environment where the assignment type is really well established. Removing some of those unknowns kind of makes more space to learn the content. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I know for me as a parent, um, you know, a, a big chunk of time in, in helping my kids with an assignment is just figuring out what exactly the assignment is, what is expected of them. And so this kind of eliminates that just a little bit um, because it's very, it's, it's very regular and predictable. Um, and so, you know, the content is different. The things we're asking of different grades is different. I mean, you know, we're going to ask high school students to, um, to be critical in their responses or whereas, you know, middle schoolers, we're asking them to narrate or to 
give a, a personal perspective or so we're asking different things content wise um, and it deepens as they get older uh, but the assignment type doesn't need to be figured out each week because it's always it's always repeating nice like that this this for me is is big because it it allows me to you know planning ahead almost becomes a non-issue um the only thing i would have to plan ahead for are those occasional major assignments everything else is like we know we know what next week is going to look like nice so the recorded content that comes in the course is it all video or is there some audio or other format is it and it probably depending depending on the course it may be both so like in our language courses we have a lot of audio content but we also have the the video and uh you know in our humanities courses we have some of them are video where you actually see the teacher. Others are video where you don't see the teacher, but you you have you know a presentation with the voice, the teacher's voice. So it's a little bit of everything. It kind of depends on the course. Okay, okay, that's that's been one of the things I've liked is the the audio dimension sometimes because it helps me as a parent. And I think for students with various learning styles or needs, they, the the audio can be super helpful. Sorry, Stephen, go ahead. No, I just I think long term for us probably the what you're they're going to see more of is like a either audio based or audio with like a PowerPoint sort of thing, but maybe less the you know seeing the teacher's face there and staring at them for you know at forty five minutes while they they lecture, which can actually end up being a distraction depending on the teacher and and I think I think you'll see that part partially because it, I think it it facilitates things. There's something to to see. You can still read. You can listen. So it's hitting a bunch of different learning methods, but also then there's not the distraction, and you, we don't have to worry about you know. Well, if 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 some donor out there wants to provide us with funding to do professional level recordings for all of these people and do all of that. Then that's one thing. But if you don't do that, then then you end up being like, well, this is not helpful to actual learning. So we want to make sure they don't detract and that they're up to date and they're excellent content and um, helping the student along. Not since we've started podcasting, Bonnie, this is a, a side note, I guess here, but I always think I have a face for podcasts. Um, because what, when I, whenever they like freeze the video, you know, I always have a weird face on, you know, it's like, how, I didn't know my face moved like that. And that can happen to, to the best presenters as well when they're lecturing. And then you, the student is like, what is he doing there? It's, he looks so weird. And then they're thinking about how weird I look when he pauses. <laughs> Maybe it's funny. Maybe that adds. But you can you can get distracted with thinking about that rather than actually the the good content that's being presented. Then, yeah, I, I'm with you on um preferring the audio. Yeah, I would, <laughs> um, and I have found in our in our own experience that the the recorded content in whatever format it, the length varies. It's not it's not like it's um okay we're in for a 45 minute where we sit and watch this every single time. I have to budget that amount of time every single time. Sometimes it. And in many cases, it has been shorter than that. And it has been what has been needed for the content to cover the content, but it's not uh, no more than that. So that's been uh, a happy discovery. That's the goal for all of the for all of the recorded content. It's it's a slow process because we we were so 
busy getting this course, these courses up and going. Um, there are some courses we had to redo content for, um, for different reasons, maybe. But um, this first year, we have a mixture of new content and what we're currently using. So that 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 is the case where you might have a longer a course with longer content and then one with shorter. But the ultimate goal is to go a bit shorter than what some of these courses have. Um, and in some cases, possibly multiple videos like, you know, and we have that already where if, if it's a course that may meet twice a week, we have two already two videos or, you know, in the folder. So the the recorded content is something I'm looking forward to focusing on once all of the courses are really, you know, up and running. The evolution of the of the offerings here is is impressive to me, how you have continued to assess what you're putting out there. I mean, it was crafted very intentionally and then, then you, you know, you review it and, and improve upon it. I just appreciate that a lot. Yeah. Hopefully we're getting it to the point where, and again, like those shorter things where you'd love, I'd love to be able to, because, you know, sometimes it's distracting and especially if you have a student who really wants to be moving around or whatever, they can listen and look and whatever, but if you provide the natural break points for them, then again, you don't have to just say, watch your video. You can say, okay, well, I watched an eight minute video or I, I watched or listened to this content for eight minutes. Okay. Now I can take a break. Now I go back and I do more. So it's again, just trying to provide some of that, that extra help to, to make sure that what the, what's being presented is, is good quality, but also appropriate for the student. So either as a parent of someone using these types of courses or as the designer and uh, coordinator of many of them, what would you suggest to families if they are going to make use of um, any number of asynchronous courses in the context of their whole overall, do you have a, a vision of best setup for making all that come together? In that case, I really recommend the, the due dates. I mean, that's, that's the most obvious way to keep it in mind um, and to see what's a what's a workable and manageable load for that course um, is to to have the due dates because they, they'll show up in the feed and then the parent sees um, what the student's done or not done. Um, the the success I've had with self-paced courses without due dates only comes from just me taking initiative to say, we do this on these days and we do that. I mean, and that's not always easy to keep up with without the reminders, especially when you're in courses where you are getting reminders. Um, so so that that's the difficulty. I mean, that's, that's one of the things we've added to, to try to help with accountability to help students successfully complete these courses um, is, is this due date option. Um, so I, I would recommend that, especially since it's so flexible, um, meaning that you, you're you not going to get penalties for not submitting by the due date. Um, and so, you, I, I, you know, for me, I have nothing to lose. I'm going, I'm going to opt into the due date. That makes sense. And we've tried various iterations of, okay, we've got this online course schedule, or even even if they're not enroll, enrolled in a course, I will sometimes look and see when is that one offered, and I will say, okay, we're going to do this this course at this time, even if it's a homeschool course or a self paced. On these days at this time, we do this course, and that's sort of like your class schedule for, and you know, you write it in the planner or whatever, and that kind of gets into the whole 
when do we do what and how conversation, which comes up quite often on our, on the Colby cast. So we won't get into that right now, but it, it sounds like being able to see those in the feed will help a lot with just kind of not letting them slip off the radar screen so much. Yeah. Okay, cool. Something else to add to that is that even if you opt out of due dates, um, the way that the courses are presented, it will be easier to administer them because okay. it's so repetitive. So um, when we talk about parental involvement and what might be needed from the primary educator in these courses, it, it it's going to vary greatly with the student and what the student needs. But we've come up with this, Did you at the very least should ask your student the three C's. And the three C's are, did you complete your coursework? And coursework always means the same thing. It's the contents in the weekly folder and it's always the same set of, of activities. So did you complete your coursework? Um, did you get clarification from the teacher if you needed it in that discussion board? Um, and um, how did you do on your homework check? So that without the, without the primary educator even needing to see the Schoology course, they can at least ask these questions of the student and get an idea of how well the student understood that week's content. Because um, if they didn't do well on the homework check, that might indicate that um, you need to ask some more questions like, okay, so did you do all the practice work? How many did you miss? Do we need to look at it together? Um, and did you get the clarification? Did the teacher really help? Did, did you get your question answered or do we need to reach out? Um, and get more clarification. So um, even, even if you opt out of the due dates, it will be easier for the primary educator to administer and know what's happening because it's 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 such regular terminology. It's like your your coursework, your your clarification and your homework check, um, you know, with the exception of any major assignments that might come due, that is the weekly work for the student. Um, so I think even even without due dates, I think it, it it will be easier with our new courses to just talk about what the student, you know, what the student did that week, because the terminology is reused and it always means the same thing. Practice assignment always means the same thing. It's non-submittable and self-graded. Homework check always means the same thing. That's the homework the teacher reviews. It is. It does go in the grade book. Um, you know, the, the discussion board is always there. It always, it always means the same thing. So that I hope will make it easier for, for parents to plan and also discuss these courses with their student. Nice. Okay. So how does grade submission work for these courses then? It's, it's the same thing as what we offer now with Southpace Plus, except for now you opt into teacher grade reporting. And with these asynchronous courses, you'll opt out of it if you don't want it. So the teacher will automatically, once a student completes all of the major coursework for a, a semester, the teacher will automatically submit the grade for the student. Um, if a parent doesn't want this, then the parent should opt out of the, the teacher grade reporting. So all of that is still, it's it's not that different from the way we do it now in self-paced. It's just that now you'd opt out if you didn't want it. Yeah, so that way, even if the teacher just wants them to do all of the typical assignments and they've got their grades in there, but they say, oh, but we did all of this extra stuff. We were actually modifying this course. So we want to, we'll, you know, 
we appreciate the help, the grading, all of that, but we want to just kind of go ahead and, and do our grade because that's only a portion of what we've done. Then they can do that. That's no problem. They just do the, the traditional grade reporting process with that. Let the teacher know, hey, we've got this and that's fine. So there's no problem with that. Okay. And along with all this work you've been doing on the asynchronous courses, you've also been developing a digital homeschool course format how is that different than asynchronous and, and what's that all about? The new digital homeschool courses are all about giving the parents the tools that they need to homeschool the course. So we represent the homeschool course plan in weekly folders on Schoology. Um, and, and then we've paired that weekly content with relevant resources and activities um, so that gives the parent sort of, it, it's kind of like doing some prep work for the parent there. Um, they, they have this convenient way of accessing the course plans in Schoology, and then they have some example assignments and, you know, they have an auto-graded, uh, homework assignment in there, um, for each week. They have some, um, ideas for enrichment projects, timelines and maps and things like that, uh, it, where all the materials are provided for them if they want to use it and and they don't use what they don't find useful. Um, so digital homeschool is a homeschool course presented online in Schoology. Um, but it gives it gives parents the convenience of this easy way of accessing the content that that it's paired with extra resources and um, and activities. And, and then ultimately, this is where the parent would submit their samples. So when it comes time to submit samples for um, a term, they can submit them right to the Schoology course. And the teacher then is able to um, ultimately, they would, they would submit their samples with a tabulation of the work they've done, of all of the work the student has done. And then the teacher can enter that and ultimately submit it for them. So they won't need to submit um, a grade portfolio at the end of a term. They would just submit their samples and tabulations right there into the Schoology course. So, so the, the two main benefits that I see in this um, is that the, the material is easily accessible with extra resources in Schoology, and then I can submit my samples right there and I don't have to submit a separate portfolio. Those are the two main benefits um, that I see with, with digital homeschool. Yeah. Also there's the grade book feature that, you know, if I wanted to submit thing, you know, a sample per quarter, I would, my student would be able to see the grade book and see how it's affecting their grade. So there's, there's that. So is this for all the grades K through 12, this digital, as opposed to asynchronous being for middle school and up? Yes. So we're, we're, um, we are working on the six through 12 and we really hope to have three through five available, but we're, we are working our way down so that we can offer digital homeschool for all the grades. Okay. But the asynchronous that starts with middle school, right? Starts in the sixth grade. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. One of my hopes really here is that because there's kind of a link, they're different things. One is clearly homeschool. The other is working with the teacher, but my hope is that we can take this, these treasures that were the teachers are developing in our asynchronous courses and where appropriate, start pulling these over. And Chrissy's already doing a lot of this, I know, but pulling them over for the, the, the digital homeschool so that everybody who's taking those can benefit from them, even if they don't need the grading or they're confident to do it on their own, but why not have extras? You know, they can decide whether to use them or not, but. Yeah, that's great. 
Yeah, I would say something else that's that's a big difference is that the the parent grades this work. So this is this is homeschool at at this stage. The parent is submitting graded samples. So there's no teacher involved with digital homeschool. There's just the teacher who enters in what the homeschooling parent is submitting. Nice. That sounds great. Just to have a a curated uh, selection of of resources. A lot of time goes into kind of seeking stuff out. So to have something like this to draw upon, that sounds fabulous. Okay. I agree. Well, any final thoughts or guidance you want to leave with us? I'm really excited about this. I mean, and this is going to be a little bit of a process. We're, we're working, we're building towards something even better. I think it's immediately a wonderful product, but I mean, I just, I'm so excited about the ability to have like some of these lectures from great teachers that are just going to be there you know, the students this year and next year can use, and then we can keep tweaking and adding to that. And, and then, you know, there's plans for, you know, once we get enough students in courses, maybe we can have a little book discussion for those students, or maybe we can have some extra live activities to introduce some of the students to each other and provide that community that they normally get only really right now in the synchronous online program. So there's lots of things that we're building toward. So people have to be a little patient with us, but I think the, immediately it's going to be a real treasure for, for those, those families that are participating in it from what I've seen. Sure. Sounds like it. Yeah. I, I think it's a wonderful resource for our homeschooling families and I can't wait to use it for my, my second and third grader. I'm, I'm look I'm really looking forward to it. It's like Steven said, it's, it's, um it's going to develop a lot over, over this next year, I think. And that's exciting. Thank you so much for all the work you put into this, Christy, and everybody working with you to to bring it to to our families. And really, uh, again, commend you for the examine that you have done on the on the what's currently available and how to improve upon it, and and all that stuff. So, in our show notes, I'm going to include links to uh, a few places in the Colby website. Uh, one is the Help Center. There's an FAQ article there about about what we've been discussing about the asynchronous courses. So I'll link that as well as uh, the page describing the asynchronous courses in a little more detail for more information there. Chrissy, it's always a pleasure to get to visit with you. Uh, lots of great stuff to come, building upon a, a really great treasure. And thank you so much for coming to tell us about it today and all of the work you've been doing. Thank you, Bonnie. Subscribe to the ColbyCast on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. And let us know how we're doing by leaving a rating or a review. And as always, feel free to email us at podcast at colby.org. Mary, our mother, pray for us. St. Maximilian Colby, St. Ignatius of Loyola, Holy Saints and Angels, pray for us. Ad maiorem Dei Gloriam.